GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. After 43 years in education, Westside Comprehensive School head teacher Michelle Varavish is set to retire. We had a good chat with her and with the current head teacher of St Bernard's Lower Primary School, Sonia Montiel Lopez, who's excited to be taking over. Fun and exercise promised at a fitness fiesta. Details from Natalie Hill, Joe Alley, Beverly Dunn and Kathy Phillips. But first, the family of Carolina Lishman have renewed their call for an independent inquiry into how the Director of Public Prosecutions managed the Real Lishman case. Carolina died in 2017 after being stabbed 12 times by her husband. He was originally convicted of murder, but the charge was reduced to manslaughter before a retrial could take place. We spoke to Ros Astengo and Jonathan Sacramento about a powerful viewpoint programme they have co-produced. Well, this starts in 2017, in November 2017, when Carolina uh, Lishman uh, died uh, after being stabbed repeatedly by her husband, Rial. He was uh, arrested uh, and uh, he was charged with murder and ultimately convicted by a jury in the first trial. But a lot of stuff happened after that. And perhaps, Ros, you want to take it from here? Yeah, so um, he was found guilty of murder and he was sentenced to 18 years. That was in 2019. But later on that year, he, the Court of Appeal quashed that conviction on a technicality and a retrial was ordered. But just before the retrial took place, uh, days before it was due to take place, Rayal Lishman pleaded guilty to the charge of manslaughter on the basis of a loss of control. Now, very notably, the judge, Karen Ramage Prescott, said at that hearing... You know, she was surprised about the change in the plea and uh, that there was uh, strong evidence for murder. But the prosecution informed her that the family's wishes had been taken into consideration when accepting that guilty plea. Now, the family dispute that version of events. the family is saying now to GBC that they weren't consulted in yeah. that decision. Well, it's 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 a little bit more complicated than that, and I would invite people to actually watch the interview with Doris uh, Murray this evening. But they do dispute that version of events. They say they never agreed to manslaughter, and uh, they have filed a complaint against the conduct and the decisions made by the director of public p- prosecutions, and they've called for a public inquiry. Now, they're two separate different things, but they have not heard from either. And uh, so the family approached um, Jonathan. This is where Jonathan comes into it. And they felt it was time to have their say. So it's the first time that the family has actually spoken out directly. We've heard in previous years uh, uh, that uh, that the friends of Carolina Lishman organised that march for justice uh, a few years ago. Uh, the family is now keen for for their voice to be heard, so they've broken their silence after six years. It's not been an easy thing for them to do. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Bless I spoke you. to uh, I spoke to uh, Doris Murray, who is the sister of uh, Carolina uh, Lishman, and they've renewed their call for an independent inquiry into the management of of the case. The, the DPP and the police actually five days before the retrial called us to meetings. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail about what was said and done at those meetings because they form part of the disciplinary committee, but they are surely would be a great part of what would 
be investigated into for an independent inquiry. We were called to a meeting five days before the retrial to say that new evidence had been found. We were absolutely, like, horrified. Here we were as a family preparing for this retrial. My leave was booked, Dad and I were taking the stand. We were just geared up for this retrial. Rial Lishman had been found guilty of murder once, and we were super confident that the same thing would happen again. When we read those transcripts, really, it was like being stabbed in the back like 12 times. Like, what happened to Carolina? What that man did to Carolina is what really we feel was done to us. And we just felt that the justice for Carolina could never happen. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. The current head of Westside School is retiring. Michelle Baravish is here. Good afternoon to you, Miss Baravish. I think I still have to call you Miss Baravish, as I as, as I did when I was your pupil at yes, Bayside. You were an excellent pupil. Well, yes. thank you so much. Not always, I'm sure, but, no, uh, you but were, I you tried. Were. You were, you were. <laughs> as I recall, for Spanish. Yes, I uh, used to teach Spanish and yeah, English. English yeah. was my main subject. Yes. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I had you for Spanish, and I remember actually that um, when I was in my first few years at uh, at Bayside, although my granny used to talk quite a lot of Spanish to me, I was not as uh, confident as as I should be, you know, like in in Spanish. And and I remember actually doing an essay where I couldn't think of the word glue. And I had to like change my whole essay just because I couldn't remember the word glue. I didn't want to admit, but uh, but there you go. Like you, I'm sure you've you've played an important part in so many people's lives. How does it feel to be reaching this stage now? Well, it's surreal, really. I'm just so used to you know getting up and and focusing on work and what I have to do and having a schedule and having a plan that um, um, thinking that that is not going to be you know, happening in September gives me a little bit of a, of, of, um, sometimes a little bit of anxiety, but I'm sure that I, I, I have plans and I want to do other things as well. well I'm so sure. I'm looking forward to, to doing, to contributing certainly in the community in any way that I can and using my skills to be able to, to support. You, you look well and full of energy. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised so. <laughs> to hear that you have plans, so. um, uh, and um, and and you, it must be a sort of a bittersweet moment in some respects, you know, because it's such a big part of it is. Who it's you always are. been a part of my life. I I don't really remember not either going to school, then university, and then back to school again. And I have never done anything else except you know my career as in teaching. So I was at Bayside, as you know, and then I transferred. Uh, through promotion to to Westside, and I've I have enjoyed really every minute of it because although there have been negative things and dark moments and that you that you encounter, but never always the positive, you know, uh, compensates and overrules everything else. Uh, and do you think that is part of who you are, or is it part of because I think sometimes you know different people approach a job with their own mindset and 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 they perceive it differently uh, it, it is a high pressure job at the same yes. time 
Yes, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I think I, I am very resilient. I always want to flip things to the positive side and I, I want to solve and resolve issues, yeah? I, I don't dwell on negativity and I certainly, you know, want to... I, I, if it presented with a challenge, I want to find ways of overcoming it and that has been what I've done throughout my career and well, in my life. When, when you say resilience, I must uh, confess that I immediately think of um, lower primary uh, St. Bernard's uh, <laughs> because it's, it's been such an important word for you uh, if we can bring in uh, Dr. Sonia Montiel-Lopez um, who is going to be the new head teacher if you're just joining us at Westside Comprehensive School. Good afternoon to you, Dr. Lopez. Good afternoon. And uh, resilience it, it has been a big issue, I know, because my children have been in your school, uh, have been fortunate enough to be uh, in your school and resilience has been a word that we've heard a lot, not least I guess because of the pressures of modern day life, but also of recent years with the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, and it's very much a part of the holistic 21st century mindset that the department very much encourages. Um, we are living in um, a very fast-paced world and the amount of information that we are being bombarded with at any moment can be overwhelming. And we find that our children um, are exposed to a lot more information and a lot more feelings and emotions than they possibly were in the past. And so um, making sure that they are well-rounded and they have emotional um, intelligence, and that would include having resilience and the ability to understand a problem. And as, as you know from our, our, our motto, it's understand a problem, think about solutions, keep trying and never give up. So always showing them and modelling it as, as teachers as well that um, there are we, we shouldn't um, collapse in desperation if things don't go our way and that's something that I know Michelle and Westside the team place a great emphasis on well-being and building those things so it's something that throughout um, the Department of Education we're really keen to to spread that message right through up so that when we have our school leavers they're able to go into the workplace and and become successful in their own right in whatever path they do choose. I suppose that that would be transferable skills you know if you if you feel like you're can deal with problems and work through solutions and not feel overwhelmed by them then that's something that you can take to pretty much any walk of life exactly and tell me the employer that doesn't want somebody who can think outside the box and use their initiative you know so they're, they're really valuable skills and they're the skills when you're looking at the 21st century um um framework they're the skills that we need to be able to adapt to future problems that we might not know yet as problems and um, to be ready to take on jobs that we don't um, know that we're preparing children for yet because if you look at AI, um, AI brings to the fore a change in the way that we're going to be looking at many jobs and there's going to be jobs that are no longer needed and we will be looking in different directions for our future generations. So it's so important that we have that resilience and that initiative and that critical thinking and creativity. And, and we start that in the primary sector and it's something that very much we need to develop Definitely. through the second and, and we are, but we need to continue on that journey. So, so um, future-proofing, if, if that's a word that is applicable to, to people, but uh, is that something that, that uh, has been uh, a, a part of Most your philosophy, so. Michelle? Most definitely so. Um, as Sonia says, we have to equip 
are learners with the skills that they can then go and take out into the world of work or continuing with their educational pathways. We've got to we've got to empower uh, our young learners and we've got to support them in any way that we can. And the school has done excellent work in in all you know, in, in all year groups and with subject leaders, with year coordinators, and we are focused on that. It has to be that we have to enrich the provision that we provide for them. We've got to empower them with the skills that they will need in the future, and we have to be there for them uh, to guide them every step of the way. We've got some comments that we need to read out to you, um, Michelle and uh, and Sonia, Miss um, Baravish and um, Dr. Lopez. Uh, Daniel says it feels like just yesterday uh, when you, Miss Baravish, were an incredible teacher at Bayside. Uh, your dedication to education has spanned longer than his entire lifetime. <sighs> Daniel wanted to wish you a joyful retirement filled Excellent. with happiness. Thank you. And new adventures. Thank you. Which speaks to what you Thank were you, talking about earlier. Thank you. Uh, Aaron says, such a lovely head teacher, but most importantly, a uh, person as well. A happy retirement from Aaron. Thank you. Thank and you, Aaron. <laughs> congratulations from Glenn, uh, who says, you're a lovely lady who has done a very tough job during these difficult years at Westside, and you should now enjoy your well deserved retirement. Thank you, Glenn. Lovely. Although, from what you're saying, uh, it seems like uh, it won't be sort of a put-your-feet-up retirement. No, no, that's uh, not me. Opening a new chapter (laughs) retirement. But uh, we look forward to to finding out more um, uh, about that. Uh, Let me also read out a message from uh, the Civil Union of Students and Parents, uh, from Tamsin and Catherine, who uh, wish you luck, or or the best wishes, I should say, on your retirement. Uh, They want to thank you for your dedication to the students at West side school and for collaborating with cusp um, on many important issues you leave many fond memories behind from your students and ex-students and they want to extend warm congratulations also to uh, dr lobbies on your new role and they look forward to meeting with you and collaborating with you in the future Now, while we're at them, we'll keep on going with uh, a message for uh, Dr. Lopez. Congratulations, Sonia. So well deserved. You have always been an exceptional teacher, uh, sweet and dedicated to your pupils. Uh, All the best from Audrey. Uh, Cheryl congratulates you also, uh, says it's well deserved. And Denise, Pat, Elizabeth and many others sending their best wishes to you Dr Lopez It's lovely surprise and beautiful things that they've said about Michelle as well so thank you everybody We've, we've just got a, a short uh, summary of of them but it gives you a sense of the, the warmth of uh, feeling um, as always there are difficult moments no, in, 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 in teaching uh, and, and I imagine that the challenges that Michelle has faced will be different to the ones uh, that you have faced uh, Sonia in so far as uh, the issues that children have when they're in lower primary are different to the ones that young people have uh, when they're incomprehensive. Is this sort of part of the challenge, if you like, and, and what's going to be different for you, Dr. Lopez? Um, 
yes and no. Um, I think that, first of all, I, I think, Michelle, is, this is something we've spoken about, but even though there are some very difficult moments, the joyful moments certainly outweigh those tenfold. And and schools are very joyful places. And I I know we both feel very, very privileged to be in, in, a, in a school when which is so vibrant and, and, and by being surrounded by young people, it's a, it's a great honour. Um, but as, as far as, as difficulties and, and challenges, I think that the innate difficulties are probably the same, but they come from different angles. I, 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 as a first school teacher, I probably have had a lot more contact with parents and maybe when Michelle has had more direct um, contact with the pupils in the first instance and then you bring in, in the parents. But um, I think any individual who is having difficulty in any way, they're reaching out for help and support and it's listening and it's trying to understand the problems and, and support them. And, and no matter what the problem is, I think people need to be listened to and understood first and foremost. You've been nodding your head there, Michelle. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. You see, it's, it all comes down to communication and as Sonia says, um, that communication with the pupil, with the parents and with staff in order to resolve issues and uh, ensure that um, whatever it is, that, that there is a consensus that we always have the best interest of students at heart. And when, we're met, and when we're met with challenges and when we're met with difficult situations, we just have to work, you know, even harder to resolve them. Let me ask you about one of them, um, which I've heard from a number of uh, parents and also young people in Westside uh, about uh, the supply, and, and you'll forgive me because uh, I think being a, a sort of a community radio station allows us to talk about big things and, and smaller things. Yeah. Uh, and um, and this might be a more trivial one, but I think it has an impact on people uh, from from uh, their stories to me. I'm talking about the uh, the toilets and the supply of tissue paper has been Definitely. a real talking point, no? It, it, it is a talking point. Unfortunately, uh, we do have issues with, with some students, a, a minority of them, that, 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 that choose sometimes to vandalise the toilet. So what we have is that we've had to set up um, a station right outside the toilet doors, right, where we have the tissue, the soap, and that is replaced on, on, a, on, a, on a regular basis throughout the day. Uh, but it is, it is a, a problem. It is a, a problem that we're working hard to resolve. I know that orders have, put in, have been put in uh, to replace some of, you know, the infrastructure in the toilets, yeah, some of the, the fixtures and the fittings there. And so we hope that uh, we can together, you know, with staff and students try to resolve that that issue. But yes, I, I have to admit it, had, it has been an ongoing one and we've worked hard to try to manage the situation and it's not ideal, certainly not, but I hope that it will be. And I suppose one of the difficulties when you're dealing with a large number of young people is that you, you never want uh, those who have played no part in, who have had no wrongdoing exactly. in that situation exactly. to, to feel put out, but sometimes unfortunately it's and, almost and inevitable. No? I know, uh, because we have a, a, over 1,400 students in the school yeah, and and the majority of those students, they would abide by school rules. They're compliant, and they and they get on with it. And they love, you know, coming to school. They love learning, and they love and they enjoy 
uh, what we have to offer for them. Unfortunately, we do have issues yeah, with some cho- uh, students and or learners, should I say, who choose to disrespect what is like the toilets and, and what is there for, for everybody. And so therefore we have to be on their cases, yes. Okay, before we wrap up, a quick word on how well you think um, co-education is working, Miss Maravish. I think it's working excellently well. I think it's the best thing that has happened for our learners uh, in Gibraltar. And it's just a continuation of what is started in the primary sector, then the secondary sector kicks in and what they would have moving forward in life. And Dr. Lopez, um, a, a quick word or your, or your sort of your main message, if you like, for uh, young learners at Comprehensive who you will soon be looking after. Very looking forward to meeting them all and getting to know them. Um, and I want to support them in their educational journey um, by making sure that we recognise the importance of lifelong learning and making sure that each of them leaves school as well-rounded individuals and their emotional, social and personal um, fulfilment is, is reached. Absolutely. Well, I've got one more comment to, to read out, uh, which is for Miss Baravish, but I think I'm going to echo it on behalf of uh, lower St. Primary uh, students and parents in particular of um, pupils in lower uh, St. Bernard's Lower Primary at the moment. Um, this is a message from Tony, uh, who says that uh, both Miss Baravish and the Director of Education, Kerry Scott, um, uh, he says that his family will always be grateful to you both. Uh, you have had uh, made a massive positive impact on their daughter's life in a positive way. Uh, uh, so many thanks coming to you from Andrea, Tony, Katie and Ellie, Miss Varavish. Thank you. And Lovely. I think that... Um, uh, from conversations uh, in the parents group at uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, um, at St Bernard's Lower Primary, Dr Lobbers, everyone was sorry to see you go, but unanimous in thinking our loss is Westside Schools uh, gay. And I've been very, very happy at St Bernard's, and I will miss everybody terribly. But hopefully, I will see them again in the future. Of course, yes, <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, uh, we wish you best of luck with your retirement. We've had lots of messages coming through. I can't read them all, but they're all uh, John, Derek, and others wishing you well, Miss Varavish, in your retirement, and you, Dr. Lopez, the best of luck at uh, at Westside Comprehensive. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Gibraltar today. Thank you. Thank you. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Gibraltar today with Jonathan Scott. It's my pleasure to welcome to the studio uh, Beverly Dunn, Natalie Hill, Kathy Phillips and Joe Alley uh, who are involved in a fitness fiesta but you might have been spotted downtown already today if, you, yeah. if you'd like to come in close to your microphone. Uh, Beverly, people might have seen you um, in town and yes, yeah, we, looking lively. Looking very lively, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we did a small pop-up um, session in just in Main Street, just opposite the Emporium at the Piazza. Um, and we were demoing uh, a few different types of the classes that you'll see at the event, our event in September, which is in aid of uh, GADS. We're trying to raise the awareness of GADS. And so a, a two-day fitness party raising yeah, money for yeah. the Alzheimer and Dementia Society. Yeah, and we're bringing in a load of international presenters from all over the world who are very famous. They're like the A-listers in the fitness world. You know, 
people that will train Beyonce and um, have trained the Jackson, uh, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson in his time. Okay, so so lots of different people taking part and and what are we offering? Yeah, pretty much everything, a a real calibre. So we've got absolutely Zumba. So the dance stream would be your Zumba, your street dance, uh, dance aerobics, show dance, which is fantastic. Sava does this just incredible show dance in heels. Sorry, in heels. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got our mind-body stream and our yoga, uh, Pilates, meditation. Then you've got all your com- uh, your kind of conditioning, everything, um, functional training, Armageddon. Silent disco. <laughs> yeah, got absolutely. Silent disco, club aside. <coughs> so that's like being in a, a real rave environment. So we'll bring the, light, we'll bring the lights down and everyone will have the, the rave yes, sticks. like it. And it's just like being in a club. It's amazing. Yeah. And then we've also got um, choreographed step. I don't know if people are familiar with that over here, but we just love it. So you've got your step board, your old Reebok board, and you do a dance on on it and off of it. It's nice. Amazing. Yes. Okay. Good. I, I love the enthusiasm. Everyone's obviously sort of enjoying preparing for this event. You, you want as many people as over possible 16, to, yeah. to get involved. Over six, 16 and over. 16 and over. Okay. And um, it's happening in September at the Europa Sports Complex on the 16th and 17th, uh, which is a Saturday and, and Sunday. Sunday. Brilliant. And, um, and people need to buy their tickets in advance or they can also get them at the door. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we, we say in advance because of the schedule and because of room sizes, <coughs> pardon Bless me, you. you won't be able to get your first choice, you know, so it's easier to book and then you can select your first choice but yeah of course you can come and pay as you go on the day and um do you need a certain level of fitness to be able to take part natalie's shaking her head not at all because everything can be all the moves can be regressed or progressed and adapted um we're talking about you know um uh, i can say for for everybody who's been uh in coming from abroad and the locals we will be very careful in, in bringing in different uh, levels and that's the reason I'm having some people doing on stage with me so that we can cater for the for the different levels so people can always eye to eye see who they can follow um, oh, okay so there'll be uh, somebody who's doing a little bit more and somebody who's doing a yeah, little yeah, bit less absolutely and people walking around making sure that everybody's safe and so forth but it's you know at the end yeah. of the day it's everybody coming together to have an amazing fitness uh, fiesta time glitter UV lights you say you name it endorphin well, high all weekend uh, uh, yeah yeah I like the name because it does tell you that no it tells you uh, we're gonna work out but we're gonna have fun doing it absolutely yeah, <laughs> can't wait. And when we get nearer the time, we'll do some little descriptions to help people understand what the classes are, mm-hmm. and we'll say whether it's beginners, medium, advanced, so that you can pick the class based on your experience. Perfect. All right. Well, if you'd like to find out more, you need to look them up on Facebook. Fitness Fiesta, uh, Fitness de Fiesta. No, so what am I talking about? Fiesta, Fiesta de, de Fitness. Fiesta de Fitness is how you can find them on Facebook. Thank you so much to Joe Ali, to Kathy Phillips, Natalie Hill, and Beverly Dunn, and we wish you the best of luck. We look forward to, to being a part of it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one.
GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.